0: Remember our nonsense story poem from last week? It was a fun story poem about what happened when seven young families set out on their own into the world without heeding the advice from their parents. If you missed last week's episode, which was part one, then you might want to go back now and take a listen to that first. Hello, everyone. I'm Kathleen Pelly. Welcome to Journey with Story. Today's episode is part two from our story poem from last week, The Seven Families. As I mentioned then, Edward Lear is a master with words and you will hear lots of fun made up words as well as some real words that you might not have heard of before, such as superfluous, transitional inflammation and pensive, but do not worry a whit you will be able to guess the meaning of most of these words just from the flow of the story. So enjoy. Big thanks to all of you who have been sending us your drawings and a big thanks to all of you who've been writing such marvellous reviews for us. If you haven't already done so, please take a moment to rate and review our podcast wherever you listen to it. Thanks ever so much. Now. let's take a journey with The History of the Seven Families of Lake Pipopopple by Edward Lear, part two. When the seven young owls set out, they sat every now and then on the branches of old trees and never went far at one time. And one night, when it was quite dark, they thought they heard a mouse. But as the gaslights were not lighted, they could not see him, so they called out, Is that a mouse? On which a mouse answered, Squeaky-bee! and immediately all the young owls threw themselves off the tree, meaning to alight on the ground, but they did not perceive that there was a large well below them, into which they all fell superficially, and where every one of them drowned in less than half a minute. So that was the end of the seven young owls. The seven young guinea pigs went into a garden full of gooseberry bushes and tiggery trees, under one of which they fell asleep. When they awoke, they saw a large lettuce, which had grown out of the ground while they had been sleeping, and which had an immense number of green leaves, at which they all exclaimed... Lettuce, oh lettuce, lettuce, oh lettuce, oh lettuce leaves, oh lettuce leaves this tree and eat, us oh lettuce, lettuce leaves. And instantly the seven young guinea pigs rushed with such extreme force against the lettuce plant and hit their heads so vividly against its stalk that the concussion brought on directly an incipient transitional inflammation of their noses, which grew worse, and worse, and worse, and worse till it incidentally killed them all seven. And that was the end of the seven young guinea pigs. The seven young cats set off on their travels with great the light and rapacity, but on coming to the top of a high hill they perceived at a long distance off a clangle And in spite of the warning they had had, they ran straight up to it. Now, the clangle-wangle is a most dangerous and delusive beast. And by no means commonly to be met with. They live in the water as well as on the land, using their long tail as a sail when in the former element. Their speed is extreme, but their habits of life are domestic and superfluous, and their general demeanour pensive and pellucid. On summer evenings they may sometimes be observed near the lake popple standing on their heads and humming their national melodies. They subsist entirely on vegetables, "'excepting when they eat veal or mutton or pork or beef or fish or saltpetre. "'The moment the clangle-wangle saw the seven young cats approach, "'he ran away. "'And as he ran straight on for four months "'and the cats, though they continued to run, could never overtake him, "'they all gradually died of fatigue and of exhaustion "'and never afterwards recovered.' And this was the end of the seven young cats. The seven young fishes swam across the lake Pippo Popple and into the river and into the ocean where, most unhappily for them, they saw on the fifteenth day of their travels a bright blue was and instantly swam after him but the blue boss was plunged into a perpendicular, spicular, orbicular, quadrangular, circular depth of soft mud, where in fact his house was. And the seven young fishes, swimming with great uncomfortably velocity, plunged also into the mud, quite against their will, and not being accustomed to it, were all suffocated in a very short period, and that was the end of the seven young fishes. After it was known that the seven young parrots and the seven young storks and the seven young geese and the seven young owls and the seven young guinea pigs and the seven young cats and the seven young fishes were all dead, then the frog and the plum-pudding flea and the mouse and the clangle-wangle and the blue boss was, all met together to rejoice over their good fortune and they collected the seven feathers of the seven young parrots and the seven bills of the seven young storks and the lettuce and the other objects in a circular arrangement at their base they danced a hornpipe round all these memorials until they were quite tired after which they gave a tea party and a garden party and a ball and a concert and then returned to their respective homes full of joy and respect, sympathy, satisfaction and disgust. Well, after listening to this, I think you might agree... This is a fun way to remind us that it is usually a good idea to pay attention to what our parents tell us to do, especially when we set off into the world on our own. Right? But of course, this is just a nonsense poem and is really all meant to be taken in good fun. And weren't some of Edward Lear's made-up words truly marvellous? Words like pip o lake and the blue bus and the tiggery trees and what about that clangle-wangle? Eating upside down, I'd love to see what wonderful drawings some of you might be inspired to draw after listening to this story. Do send them to us at www.journeywithstory.com so we can share with others and give you a shout-out on our show. So... Get busy with your drawings. Cheerio then. Join me next time for Journey with Story. Music and post-production was by Colette Jonas.